Welcome to the Crypto Podcast, where we update you on the latest activities and trends in the world of cryptocurrencies by providing you with insight, interviews, and happenings in the crypto world so you can stay on top of the game. All right. Thank you guys for tuning into the Crypto Podcast, where we cover the good, the bad, and the ugly from the crypto space so you don't have to do all the heavy lifting. In today's episode, an ex-president weighs in. The FBI is shutting things down. More Aussies get fleeced. Goldman Sachs stays busy and so much more. Well, we've been gone for a little while, actually about a week since our last podcast. Let's start by reviewing what's happened in the markets over the past seven days, beginning with the top five in terms of market cap. Bitcoin is even up only about 0.02%, sitting at about $6,615 right now. Ethereum is up 2.77%, Ripple down 3.1%, Bitcoin Cash down 2.3%, and EOS still holding off Stellar and Litecoin for fifth place in terms of market cap is up 1% on the week. All right, let's take a look at the top winners and losers for the past seven days according to CoinMarketCap.com. Top five losers are Carbit down 95%, Highcoin lost 87%, Alubaba down 86.7%, Ubex and Cottoncoin both down 83%. Top 5 winners of the week are Rabbitcoin. After being one of the top 5 losers just a few weeks ago, these guys have surged back and they're now up a whopping 2,741%. But there should be an asterisk by this. It appears that there's a massive jaunt in the last 24 hours of 2,711%. So take that with a grain of salt. Swarm is up 341%. AC Chain gained 335%, Royalties up 240 and JavaScript Token is up 223%. Alright, let's get to the stories now. Starting off with Higher Learning, Yale, which is the second largest endowment among all U.S. colleges and universities, has apparently invested in two crypto funds. Yale itself hasn't made this announcement, rather it was released by an anonymous source, but it appears to be legit because Yale has yet to, re- to rebut any of the claims. Now, this is a big deal for sheer purpose of further legitimizing alternative investments in crypto, especially when we're dealing with a traditionally conservative space like college investments and college endowments. But even if a small portion of Yale's $29.4 billion endowment is used towards crypto and then other educational institutions follow suit, I see a lot of things starting to blow up, man. I mean, I foresee a time when city pension funds and other deep pockets will start shifting their focus towards crypto and blockchains. This is a good thing. Fundstrat conducted a poll recently of cryptocurrency investors, and they found that institutional investors are actually more bullish on crypto than their retail counterparts. According to the survey, a majority of institutions expect Bitcoin to end 2019 above 15000 bucks. That's a huge jump from its current level, which is hovering around 6600 6500 over the last couple of weeks. All right, let's move to government news. A French security official has been detained and indicted on charges that he was selling state secrets for Bitcoin. That's all we got on that one. Changing a little bit, Marshall Islands-based Bitcoin trading platform known as OneBroker has been shut down by the U.S. government. Specifically, the FBI seized control of the domain, claiming the site was violating money laundering regulations and distributing securities as an unregistered dealer. On October 2nd, OneBroker released a statement reading in part, quote, We received the green light from our lawyers to set up a read-only version of OneBroker to view balances and transaction history ETA 48 hours. Well, unquote. Well, at the time of this taping, 
which is roughly 48 hours since that statement. The site still appears to be down. Either it's in possession of the FBI or it's just simply down, not working. I'd say the implications of this are pretty severe. It sounds as though an an undercover FBI agent initiated an unregistered security-based swap on one broker a little while ago. And since most tokens are considered securities under existing U.S. law, this suggests that other changes are likely to be in the U.S. government's crosshairs in the coming months and years, especially if there isn't any sort of regulation put in place to clarify these types of actions. The article specifically calls out BitMEX because they offer margin trading for Bitcoin and Ethereum. Former U.S. President Bill Clinton was at the Swell by Ripple conference earlier this week in which he suggested that distributed ledger technology has, quote, staggering, unquote, possibilities since it does does not depend on national borders. He also warned simultaneously that it could magnify financial and social inequalities due due to the potential immediacy of the rewards. And following up from our report last week, clearly some Aussies aren't listening to this podcast because the Australian government reported this week that even more victims have fallen prey to the tax debt scheme in which the scammers request the victim to provide them with the victim's tax agent information. And when the victim does so, the scammer doesn't actually call their tax agent, rather they call their buddy, who's also a scammer, and pretends to be one of the legitimate tax agent's accomplices and says that while the tax agent is not available, he can verify that what the scammer is telling the victim is true. The victim is then instructed to withdraw cash and deposit it into a Bitcoin ATM. All right, just to make sure we're all clear on this, no government agency is ever going to do this. In fact, I'm fairly confident that no company at this point in time will do this sort of thing. If you get a call or an email or anything that sounds even remote to this, run for the hills. Changing subjects, 14 Italian banks have successfully completed testing of something they're calling Sputna, which is basically a blockchain-based system meant to enhance interbanking operations amongst the 14 banks. The trial phase lasted 10 months and executed around 1.2 million transactions, and they're now working on improving the transparency, processing speed, and enhanced information and verification details of these types of transactions. The next phase is already underway and will involve the 14 banks performing everyday transactions with hope for it to roll out to the public here soon. Moving out of the government space, we're taking a look at a rather somber subject now involving Facebook fraud. Many people are blaming Facebook for allowing investment schemes to run massive ads on their platform resulting in promotions for fly-by-night operations without Facebook performing the proper vetting to make sure that these companies are actually legit. Some victims claim to have lost their retirement funds and life savings. A UK-based consumer advisor is actually suing Facebook, claiming that millions of dollars in damages have uh, occurred up to this point due to the reported massive financial loss by the victims. As well, the suit claims that there's been a loss of mental health and potential suicidal actions uh, by some of the uh, purported victims. Facebook has made a public response to this. It's been somewhat mooted, but in part they say that they are cracking down on the false ad campaigns, the same sort of heat that they've been receiving in the United States when it comes to election cycles. All right, moving on to some more positive stuff. China-based e-commerce behemoth Alibaba has applied for a patent with the USPTO for a technology that will allow a third party to halt and manage smart contracts. Alibaba claims that smart contracts in their current state, while they provide openness and decentralization, which is basically the whole point of them, 
Uh, they claim that it isn't completely practical and that real-world environment requires an ability to freeze an account in order to stop illegal or illicit transactions. I think the obvious risk here, aside from allowing for third-party governance, is that the, quote, administrator, according to these patents, or third-party would be a prime target for hackers. Alibaba suggests that they could neutralize that risk by decentralizing the supervisory roles and power among a plurality of accounts. Coinbase is purportedly on the brink of receiving a $500 million investment from Tiger Global, which would put Coinbase's valuation in the realm of about $8 billion. That's more than quadruple its valuation just a year ago. The chatter in the street now is that Coinbase may be eyeing a possible IPO in the, in the near future. Goldman Sachs, Circle Internet Financial has been very, very busy. They just acquired Seed Invest, which helps privately held small businesses uh, raise capital from individual accredited and retail investors. Circle has also announced it will begin selling three new index funds for crypto. The three different indices will contain coins based on the goals of each one of the three funds, specifically platforms, payments, and privacy. Very cute. All three of them are P's. Finally, we finish in Spain where coastal paradise city Valencia has announced that it plans to use blockchain technology to create a smart port in which no paperwork will be required at the port. This will obviously streamline all processes as well as save development and maintenance costs at the second largest port in the Mediterranean. This comes at the same time that Singapore's largest shipping organization has announced that it's teaming up with IBM in order to use blockchain for items such as bill of lading, receipt of shipment, contract of carriage, among other clerical but necessary functions for their business. Well, that does it for us today. Thanks for tuning into the Crypto Podcast. Subscribe for more episodes. Much love. Thanks for listening to the Crypto Podcast. For more episodes or to contact us, go to cryptopodcast.io. That is C-R-Y-P-T-O-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot I-O.